0: CineBuds CineBuds Two buddies, buddies Talking about
1: Cinema, cinema. Welcome everyone <laughs> I'm Christopher Pollard from Milwaukee Film
0: I'm Jory Zori from 88.9 <laughs>
1: And together we are CineBuds And this week on CineBuds We are talking about the new film from Actor turned director Francis O'Connor
0: Emily Emily how did you write wuthering heights <laughs> shall we begin miss emily brontë you're off to become a wonder-
1: emily is the new movie about no, like- emily brontë mm-hmm. who wrote wuthering heights the film is it's about her life it most of the things in it are facts, but it is a fictionalized view of this relationship they kind of imagine she would have had leading to her writing her book.
0: I knew you would have that answer for me because yeah. <laughs> I really wanted everything to be a fact. And I don't think it necessarily has to be, but it was inspired by the true events because uh, she was quite, quite a unique woman for the time. Yeah. Right. A lot of people called her odd. Yeah, Actually, they referred to that in the movie. But to me, she seemed more like a rebel, just more like a blaze my own trail kind of woman.
1: Yeah. Very cool. And it's interesting when they have the relationship between her and her sister, who is Charlotte Bronte, who wrote, of course, Jane Eyre. It's just such a different attitude between the two, which I would have imagined Charlotte Bronte would have been the more like super rebellious one based on her book. So it's interesting and then I, and again, we don't know how much of this is like maybe that was just for effect for the film that, like I said a lot of fictionalization mm-hmm. of the events but overall you know oh, timepiece, beautiful and very stylish film about Emily Bronte.
0: It absolutely made me want to go back and read Wuthering Heights, which if I did, it was so long ago that I remember nothing about it. But if that was inspired by Emily Bronte's actual life, I think, I mean, is it dark like that? Do you remember or not You're the reader in the Cinebugs family.
1: I immediately sat down. I have have it, and I sat down, and I thought, I'll well, get to it. So I started, immediately started reading the first few pages because uh, I had just read Jane Eyre for the first time like two, last year. Nice. So I'm just now... You're
0: such a feminist.
1: Oh, I'm so... I only read women from the 19th century. As you should. It's yeah.
0: Women's History Month. Uh, that's why. <laughs> there you go. It's not a coincidence <laughs> in any way.
1: Uh, no, but I... I Jane Eyre is very dark and I'm wondering how Wuthering Heights pans out. I knew Heathcliff. That's all I know. Mm -hmm. I knew there was a person named Heathcliff so I don't really know what Wuthering Heights is about so I'm excited to
0: dig in. Well we're excited to tell you more about Emily what we liked, what we didn't like, if there's anything not to like and I'd like to talk more about Frances O'Connor and her directorial debut uh, in the full on podcast.
1: Absolutely. So stick around and we'll be right back.
0: Do you want to know the secret behind the programming you love? It's all funded by the honor system. As a public radio station, we're based on a very simple model. We try to do something meaningful, connecting with you through music and stories. And then we count on those who appreciate what we do to show their support. Are you one of them? Show your support by visiting RadioMilwaukee.org and joining today.
1: All right, we're back.
0: All right. So this movie, Emily, I just, yeah. I saw in a theater and I'm really glad I did because it looked beautiful. Yeah. The cinematography was spectacular. I think the um, the sweeping fields, I don't know what country, was it England? I
1: assume, but maybe, but maybe it could have been Australia because I think. Emma Mackey, who plays Emily Bronte, I think she's Australian.
0: Yeah, I mean, it certainly rained quite a bit in this movie. Yeah. Actually, rain was almost <laughs> yeah. its own character that's, in this uh, film. That's very true. But I do love this, <laughs> uh, thinking that it was inspired about Emily Bronte's journey to womanhood, the rebel she was for the woman she was at the time, and going back to her sister, who also became a famous writer. If the story of this movie Emily is to be believed, her sister wouldn't have written. Jane Eyre. Jane Eyre if it wasn't for Emily writing her writing book, her yeah, book and then what happened subsequently because she she kind of pushed her writing uh, aspirations aside to go to school and become a teacher to please her father. Right. But-
1: and it's interesting, the <laughs> most fascinating thing about the Brontes in general, and again I'll probably say this several times in the podcast, not sure the truth versus the fiction mm-hmm. of the film, but here's the truth is, it's three sisters who live in a time where Women having careers in the arts wasn't encouraged Mm -hmm. just as a as a hobby to make you well-rounded so you can get married. Right. Learn Um, French. Right. Yeah. (laughs) So you can get a better husband. Exactly. But you had three uh, sisters who all were successful and became famous writers and are still read today in schools. And like that's unheard of.
0: I do love the sister relationship that they showed, flaws and all. Yeah. There was a lot of uh, the sisters taking care of each other, but then you could see like parts of jealousy that the sisters had. So their relationship was really real. And I it made me think of my own sisters and the great relationships that we have and how you support each other. And sometimes you don't support each other until you... I'd have to go through some trauma first and then yeah. really like connect. So there's a really like a human story behind this that I really, really loved about yeah. relationships.
1: They talked about how this version is in some ways very modern, not in the way the it place it's set. You know, it still has that, like I said, timepiece look. It's the period film from that era, but like, a lot of the themes and stuff are very, very um, relatable, mm-hmm. especially to today.
0: As a m- woman, I was kind of silently screaming things in my head at the screen with the weakness of most of the male characters here. How did that oh, feel for you?
1: Yes. What I did was the same as when I we watched a Women Talking. Mm-hmm. And we had the one male character who is, like, the ideal. Like, everyone should aspire in this situation to be this person. Just listen. Just be supportive. He's a sensitive guy. He's not, you know, go rooting to the base of his. But I was watching this and I was so frustrated also with the male characters, but it, it felt appropriate. Mm-hmm. Like Mr. Waitman. Yeah. Which is the love interest. Mm-hmm. Oh, just such a like from the first time we see him, he's got a very romanticized kind of air of a local. Now he's the new Parson or whatever you mm-hmm. would call it. And I thought, oh, he's going to be this typical, like, romantic ideal. But then very quickly you realized, oh, no, he's just sort of, he's arrogant. And then he's real, like, wishy-washy.
0: I think the kids call um, today it's a player. Yes. <laughs> he seemed like a player. <laughs> and a, but a
1: very... Poor one, like yeah. he's easily seen through. So I was frustrated. I thought maybe he's there's a redemption when they finally do connect. I mm-hmm. thought maybe he's actually coming into his own, but then no. he just you draw him back and he's he tries to ghost her. And I, I was like, Oh, you are just the worst, <laughs> which was in a movie, sometimes. Uh, lately, I found that sometimes when I see a character that I hate, I'm like, I can't even watch this. But this was more like I enjoyed his descent because it made the other, it made Emily's character so much more interesting to me.
0: When I saw it in the theater, there were six other people there, mostly just older couples. Not that that matters. But I literally had to shove a handful of popcorn <laughs> in my mouth to keep from screaming, you're the worst, during the scene yeah. where he was breaking up with her. And I feel like if you and I were there together, we would have either oh, been yeah. laughing or... Or we would have just like, I, can we bring back yelling at the screen to <laughs> yeah. be acceptable? Like, could there be just a showtime for audience participation? Yeah, there should be a separate, we all
1: agree and we sign up a paper saying we're ready, we're okay with this. If
0: only one of us worked for an org that owned a theater that could make know. that happen.
1: I wish we could figure that out.
0: <laughs> I do appreciate the brother-sister relationship for 99% of the movie because I really think it was <laughs> yeah. their love for each other and their closeness and his encouragement for her to be become a writer that got her writing in the first place I don't think if yeah. it was for what if it wasn't for her brother she would have written and then because of her and what happened with her life her sister then started writing yeah because uh, she died pretty young in real life right yeah, like she age died 30. At 30 yeah this film got 10 nominations five wins mostly from British film festivals partially for the score partially for performances Emma McKay yeah for the first half of the movie I'm like where did I see her um, before Sex Education yeah did did we ever talk about that show I don't know that we did
1: but I have I saw the first season at least Mm -hmm. and I really like that show it's a good show
0: yeah Gillian Anderson yes Scully
1: Scully. Can I also say, while we're talking about Emma Mackey, that she should play Margot Robbie's little sister in a movie?
0: Yes. I have
1: occasionally Mm -hmm. seen Emma Mackey in a picture and thought, oh, Margot Robbie looks slightly different. And then I realized it's not her. They're so similar to me.
0: Her acting, I thought, was fantastic. The directorial debut by Francis O'Connor was pretty great. Francis O'Connor... Um, have you seen any of her other films? Well, she also
1: played, I think it's called Mansfield Park, yeah. which is a Jane mm-hmm. Austen book. So she's has some, uh, she has some chops and then some uh, experience in the world of the, these kinds of films. So I thought that was kind of great, but yeah, this is her, her directorial debut. And I thought she did a really good job.
0: Fantastic. So go back to the, can we go back to the brother with some yeah. spoilers? So uh, I think you're alluding to what seemed like maybe he was, well, I don't want to put words in your mouth,
1: please. No, you're absolutely right. I, So I feel like when I watch (laughs) movies from a certain time period, people just express affection differently and show their love differently.
0: I love that because I am a hugger and a kisser.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I was like on board for a while. I was like, oh, that's just what this is. Mm -hmm. And then I feel like by the end, I genuinely, I think it's clear that he's very jealous of anyone paying attention to his Mm -hmm. sister. And I... Pretty sure that he's in love with his sister.
0: Sometimes opium does get in the way and confuse things. <laughs> that is also
1: true, I'm sure. <laughs> Again, not sure if that was tr- in any way based on what we know of that family, but it did add of uh, quite a wrinkle into the
0: movie. It did. The one beautiful, innocent part of their relationship was near the end where he was being shipped off yet to another place as a punishment for his uh, inappropriate behaviors. Yeah. He wanted to say goodbye to her, his sister, um, Emily, but he didn't want her to see him. So she was hanging clothes on a wash line. He oh, yeah. stood on the other side of the, the sheet they were washing and they talked through it because he didn't want to see. I think he said, it. I didn't want to see how you look at me different.
1: Yeah.
0: And then, like, they had this beautiful moment in a bright embrace, like, through the sheet. Yeah. That sounds cheesy and kind of weird, but that was one of my favorite parts of the movie
1: it was a (laughs) (laughs) it was a very nice scene like it's a that's those kinds of things in this movie are what I liked what I think sets it apart Mm -hmm. is these visually beautiful things that she does the photography is amazing Um, there's a kind of spooky scene at the beginning where they're playing a game and trying on masks yes. and it almost becomes like a little, little ghost vignette story. And like you said, the music, the score was really like, I noticed it. It was so pretty. It was so pretty and appropriate and occasionally modern in spots. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then you also had this opera sing- scene, which was very beautiful that oh, kind of yeah. highlighted. She used a lot of these things really well, which makes me feel like this, if you like those, Jane Austen, Jane Eyre, Wuthering Heights era films. This sets it apart because it, I feel like it's a little more stylish. Not so much that it takes you out of it, like a Moulin Rouge. right? Know, not to not as a criticism, but that's intended to do that. Uh, but just subtly has these really stylish moments I liked. But, yeah, that scene was beautiful.
0: A great movie to, I think, bring your um, bestie to. Your I was sister. W- your sister, <laughs> your mom, your bestie. I was wishing my best friend uh, Jenny was there. But, really, I'm so excited to see what Frances O'Connor does next. If yeah. this was her first shot out of the gate writing, directing a film, I am kind of all in unless, yeah. you know, uh, this isn't a fluke. This is International Women's History Month Francis O'Connor, yeah, one to watch. We
1: want more from you.
0: <laughs> so, what um, you would recommend this? Then, yes, I would
1: recommend this. I think this is a really, really nice movie, and I, I, it's actually done pretty good at the box office so far. So, definitely check it out in the theater if you can. It's a nice experience there.
0: Agreed. Yeah. So, our favorite part of the show. What okay, else ladies. are you spending your time doing? <laughs> yeah, I just that's kind of, right.
1: <laughs> I know. I like to say, "What else you've been watching?" And fully acknowledge that watching is is not doesn't mean watching. <laughs> okay. It can be anything. Do you want me to go
0: first? Please.
1: All right. I recently. According to my records, Mm -hmm. I re-watched, but I do not recall watching this before, but I watched Gunfight at the O.K. Corral.
0: Ooh, what year is that from? (laughs) The
1: 1957 John Sturgis Western. Um, I love- men were men. Men were men, (laughs) (laughs) and we shoot people rather than look at them. I love love Westerns, flaws and all, (laughs) the flaws- are fascinating on their own. Sometimes they get out of hand, but I love Westerns and I particularly love these characters. Tombstone from the nineties with Mm, Val Kilmer. Everyone loves that movie. And I've probably seen it 10 times in the last three years. Like I've seen it a bunch recently and this is those same characters. So I'm just fascinated to see different characters, different actors take on these characters. And instead of uh, Val Kilmer and Kurt Russell, you've got um, Burt Lancaster as Wyatt Earp, and you have Kirk Douglas as Doc Holliday, and I was watching going, I can absolutely see Kirk Douglas, Val Kilmer being a Kirk Douglas of his time.
0: Oh, for sure.
1: Charming, handsome, has a quirk in his character here and there.
0: Where can we currently find that if we want to watch it? Where did
1: I watch it? I think it was just on Prime. I think we just saw it on Prime,
0: yeah. Yeah. Well, going on the theme of rewatching things, Johnny Dangerously, <laughs> 1984, oh, Michael Keaton, like pre-Batman.
1: They don't, muskrat. don't let his playful nature fool you.
0: He is ruthless. I loved it. Let's still. not forget
1: Mr. Joe. Piscopo. Joe Piscopo. <laughs> is
0: like his rival, right? <laughs> Joe Piscopo, Danny DeVito's in oh, it. Yeah. Um, Taxi's vivacious redhead. Mary Lou Henner yeah. is a love interest. Set in the 30s, it's a good-hearted comedy about a boy growing up to be a gangster in his yeah. neighborhood.
1: I haven't seen it since I was a kid. I just remember we always took the opportunity, since they created a whole new set, of curse words.
0: Yes. Fargan, Fargan sneaky bastage.
1: Ice ice hole, I think, is sneaky bastage. I was like, oh, what a great workaround for kids to be able to curse. I will always thank them for that.
0: Also, Joe Piscopo reminded me, his one line that we used to say all the time, uh, something like, my mother yelled at me once. Once. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. So there's <laughs> oh, a good. there's a couple of classic lines in there. I think it still holds up only a few problematic parts, which is pretty good for an eighties film yeah. <laughs> that yeah. you could just go, ooh, I'm glad we've evolved past calling people those names. Yeah. But um it was fun. Good fun. Oh good. Well that's excellent.
1: Well thanks for listening.
0: Yeah, thank you for listening. And guess what? Now apparently I just learned today you can watch a little bit of Cinnabuds Oh yeah. Ish. Talk about that.
1: Yeah, I was invited by WISN. Uh, channel 12. Channel 12. 645 on Wednesdays. So before you listen Gross. to our podcast, <laughs> wake up early, 645, and you'll see me for about four minutes talking about uh, weekly, talking about the upcoming films that are coming out this week.
0: And how much do I have to pay you to get a paper cut out of my head to hold next to you on oh, next week's episode? I will
1: pay you. For the production costs of the head. And then I will do it for free.
0: You got a deal. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah. So check me out.
0: Um, Your question for this week, our lovely listeners, if you made it to the yes. end. What 80s movie, let's just make it 80s yeah. or 50s. Movie yeah. from the fifties or eighties, nothing <laughs> <Yeah>. in between. <laughs> yeah. Have it's you specific have you rewatched recently that you're like, yeah, this holds up and I want to tell everyone about it? Share that with us on yeah. our Instagram page.
1: Absolutely. At Cinnabuds Podcast on Instagram. So thanks so much for listening. And we are gonna see you next week. But we want you to know that Kiri Salinas is our producer.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's wonderful. Also, Brett Newski, thank you for our super dope theme song.
1: Absolutely. And thank you to all of our members from Radio Milwaukee and from Milwaukee Film. We couldn't do this without you. We
0: appreciate it. Go see a movie. Please.